Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello, everyone. Charles Watts here. Welcome to Thursday's episode of Inside Arsenal. I hope wherever you're watching or listening to this around the world, you're all having a very good week as we get towards the weekend. Now, yesterday... The end of yesterday's show, I think I said something along the lines of could well have a busy 24 hours in store. And well, that is exactly how things proved. What a day it was for Arsenal announcing their first summer signing of the transfer window. Finally, in Kai Havertz confirmation coming through uh, yesterday evening. And of course, a deal finally being agreed with West Ham for Declan Rice, who with a few little Dots of the I's and crosses of the T's will become Arsenal's club record signing very, very soon. The chase is all but over and Arsenal have got their man and beaten off the likes of Manchester City and Bayern Munich in the process. Now, it's not done yet. I will talk about that going into this uh, during this episode, but... Mikel Arteta will be a very, very happy man today, getting the player he wanted, the target he wanted. I don't believe, in my understanding at the moment, that we have reached the medical stage yet, as in given permission for him to come and have his medical. I'm saying this at 11.32 on Thursday morning, so that could well change by the time you're listening to this or watching this, it could well have changed. But as I understand it right now, as I'm saying these words, I don't think we're at the stage yet that Declan Rice has been given permission to travel to Arsenal and complete his medical. There's still a few little details with West Ham that need to be ironed out as the talks between the clubs are continuing. But it has been agreed, the deal has been agreed in principle. We've just got to iron out a few finer details of this huge record-breaking transfer before Declan Rice will be able to travel to London Colney or whatever medical facility in London to uh, do his medical and then go through all the usual media things with Arsenal before the deal was will be announced. Now, I don't know when it will be announced, but it will be announced very, very soon. And what a signing it is for Arsenal. Look at this, the second highest fee paid ever by an English club for a player. Only Enzo Fernandez is more, was more expensive in that move from... 
Benfica to Chelsea last summer. There's Declan Rice second above Jack Grealish. Lukaku for what Chelsea paid into Milan. Pogba for um, uh, Lukaku again. God, Lukaku, look at that. Combined fees for Lukaku, that's mad. But Declan Rice, 105 million. Obviously, that's 105 million all in. That's not Arsenal paying up front. It's 100 million pounds and then an extra 5 million with add-ons and all, and all that sort of stuff. But you know, for Arsenal, this is thirty-three million pounds more than their previous club record fee. I mean, this is huge, huge money for Arsenal. It really is. I mean, look at this: it's the second most expensive English player ever. Only Jude Bellingham, who's just gone, of course, to Real Madrid uh, for around one hundred fifty million all in, is higher than Declan Rice. He beats again Jack Grealish, Harry Maguire, Jaden Sancho. You know, it's huge level investment for a for a club like Arsenal. For any club, absolutely massive. Um, it says massive amounts of where Arsenal are at the moment, the ambition that they're showing. It shows that, you know, what, how they're viewed by other players. You know, a couple of years ago, Arsenal would never have been able to pull this off. Not in a million years would they have been able to sign Declan Rice, uh, considering, you know, when you're going up against the likes of Bayern Munich, Manchester City, Manchester United for this type of player. But now these type of players heading into the prime of their career want to join Arsenal. They want to come to Arsenal. And that just says a huge amount about the work that has been done, the belief that has been instilled in the club, the reputation that the club has now built, the reputation that Mikel Arteta has built. He's a manager that players want to come and play for. Um, you know, it just can't be underestimated how big a signing this is for Arsenal, what a statement of intent this is for Arsenal, and what it says about the stature of the club now and how it's perceived by players and everyone else in football around the world. It's just an absolutely huge thing for the club. And yeah, I'm delighted. I can't wait. I've said before, I thought this was going to be a transformational signing for Arsenal on so many levels on the pitch, but off it as well in terms of what it means. Um, and uh, I just think it's a fabulous piece of business. And of course, it's not done yet. We've got to wait. He's got to have a medical. As I said, these final few details with West Ham need to be sorted out um, before we see him holding up that Arsenal shirt. Interesting to see what number he takes. If he sticks with 41, I think he's got at West Ham if he takes something new. But we are getting there. And uh, it was a really big day for Arsenal yesterday in the hunt for, um, for Declan Rice. Just, just fantastic news. Okay, now sort of taking a little bit more look at Declan Rice in terms of the position. Now, um, you look at this in terms of where he's going to play. This is Declan Rice last season. Uh, if you're watching this on YouTube, you'll be, able to, you'll be able to see the slide that I'm looking at here. But it's showing some of his stats for last season in terms of his ball carries. And um, so he carries 400. That's second he ranks in the Premier League for that last season. Distant carried the ball 7.6 km. That's first. He ranks first in the, amongst all the Premier League. Look at that. Pressured carries 273. He's fourth there. Defenders bypass 214. He's fourth there. Defenders taken on. That's where he's a little bit lagging. He's 24th. 97 so maybe that's still an area that he needs to work on as he tries to become this true sort of box-to-box player that we're seeing him pretty much turn into now the development of Declan Rice has been huge you think back when he started when he was a centre-back and now he's sort of moved into the midfield role now he's becoming this box-to-box Brian Robson type player I know Brian Robson's probably a an older example for a lot of people watching and listening to this, but that's the kind of player that he's looking to turn into and could turn into. And I think Mikel Arteta is going to look to turn him into as well. So um, he's evolved a lot, Declan Rice, since he first burst into the West Ham team as that young kid as a centre-back. He really has. And um, you sort of look at it here in terms of how much his his output has improved in the final third. Again, if you're watching this on YouTube, you can see the slides that I've put up. You kind of see like last season, 
that sort of chances created per 90 minutes. He's gone up to over over one chance per 90 minutes. He's created a game from that sort of deep line midfield role. That's well up from the previous season, which was 0.68. The season before that was 0.72. The further back you go, like 2018, 2019, that was, of course, when he came through as a centre-back. So there's no... Um, no surprise, it's a lot lower then. And you look to the slide on the right there, passing into the final third, averaging 0.99 to pretty much one, one a game there. And that's a massive leap up from the previous season, which was 0.74. So all of his statistics are going in the right area, in the right way, in the right direction, as he's sort of basically tr- changing as a player. And he has changed massively as a player. He's progressed hugely from that defender that we saw into more of the sort of defensive midfielder and now into the kind of midfielder we're seeing making those driving runs into the penalty area, which I think Mikel Arteta is going to absolutely demand from him. Um, you know, he's got a lot more to give Declan Rice. And I think that's what's so exciting about this signing is that, um, yes, he's 24. Yes, he's one of the best midfielders in the in the Premier League. Yes, he's already one of the first names on the on the England team sheet for Gareth Southgate. But he's still got huge, huge amount of potential still to be unleashed. And in Mikel Arteta, he's got a manager who I think, anyway, will absolutely unleash that potential. And we'll see him just go up one, two, three more levels. You know, he's not even in his prime yet. He's just 24. It's, it's a fantastic signing. It really is. And I can understand why a lot of people are so excited about it. Yes, he costs a lot of money. We know he costs a lot of money. Is he worth 105 million? It's tough to say if any player's worth any amount of money. Basically, he's worth what the selling club want to sell him for, and he's worth what the buying club want to buy him for. And for Arsenal, they were happy to go to stretch this far to sign him because they know how important he could be in the sort of the next level in taking the club to the, to the next level. If he comes in and be a success and Arsenal go on and win trophies, no one's going to talk about how much he costs. No one talks about Jack Grealish costing £100 million now. They did in his first season at Manchester City because he didn't perform very well. But last season, he was brilliant. They won the treble. No one mentions the fact that he cost £100 million now. And that'll be exactly the same with Declan Rice, I think. If he comes in, is a success and really drives Arsenal forward and takes them to the next level, who cares that he costs £105 million? So, uh, just fantastic signing. I'm absolutely delighted. Although, again, it's not done yet. At the time of recording this, it's not done yet. But hopefully it will be very, very soon. Let me know what you guys think. Please do. Are you feeling like me about this? Are you really, really optimistic about this signing? What do you think it means for Arsenal as a football club to get this deal over the line amidst so much competition from top, top clubs elsewhere in Europe? Uh, or are you a little bit sceptical about it? Do you think maybe Arsenal have overpaid for Declan Rice? Whatever it is, let me know in the comments below. I'd love to get your opinions and uh, hopefully I'll get some of them on tomorrow's show. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Okay. It wasn't just about Declan Rice yesterday, was it? Arsenal announced their first signing of this summer transfer window. There he is, Kai Havertz finally announced we'd seen it we'd already seen the leaked video the day before we'd seen him in an Arsenal shirt before a couple um, a couple of days before that but here we are the official pictures the official quotes Arsenal's 
newest signing, first signing of the summer transfer window is officially through the door. That was announced at 8 p.m. last night. If you haven't seen it uh, or haven't seen some of the quotes, I've got some of them here for you. Edu, we're excited to bring Kai to the club and great work by everyone to get this deal complete. Kai is an exciting addition to our squad who will be a great attack, who will bring great attacking quality and versatility. As an experienced 24-year-old, his signing represents another important step in strengthening our young core of talented players we have at Arsenal. We look forward to working with Kai. I think that's really important there. He says an experienced 24-year-old. And you look at the signings that Arsenal are making this summer. Kai Havertz, 24. Yes, he's young, but huge amounts of experience. Already done it for Chelsea, scored the winning goal in the Champions League final. Huge experience. Declan Rice, again, 24, still technically a very young player, but massive amounts of Premier League experience. Um, I think he's already played over 200 Premier League games for West Ham and he's only 24. Jurian Timber as well, again, another young player. Obviously, this one's not over the line yet, but if it is, if he does, he's still played huge amounts of game for Ajax at the at a top level at a very big club. And that's what, you know, Arsenal want these young players. They're targeting these young players, but the young players with experience, same as last season, Martin Odegaard, um, the season before that um, as well. So so you can just see it's such a clear strategy that Arsenal have got in the transfer market at the moment. And it's served them so well so far. It's taken them up to such a high level. Hopefully these ones are the ones that take them up to that final level and get them over the line and big bring trophy and big the bring uh, the big trophies back to the club. Really interesting quote here from Mikel Arteta on Kai Havertz that went out on the official Arsenal website yesterday when the signing was announced. Kai is a player of top quality. He has great versatility and is an intelligent player. He will bring a huge amount of extra strength to our midfield and a variety to our play. I mean, it's pretty clear from that quote there. I mean, he he just doesn't say about attack to the final third. He says midfield. So, I mean... Uh, unless that was a slip of the tongue, which I can't imagine it would be, that is a very, very clear sign of what Mikel Arteta and Edu have brought Kai Havertz in to do. It's not to bolster the forward line. It's to it's to play in midfield. It's to potentially be that Granit Xhaka role. Not not Granit Xhaka role, but take that position that Granit Xhaka has been operating in before, whether that's a new sort of evolved role and uh, he's going to be asked to do something a little bit different from what Granit was playing in that left eight role. But, you know, that's it's a, it was a, it immediately sort of stuck out to me reading that quote, the fact that Mikel pointed out the fact he's come in to strengthen the midfield. I think he will strengthen the attack as well at times. You've got the option of playing him there if you want, but it's pretty obvious from that, I think, that um, that he's been brought in to play uh, play potentially in that midfield role. Um, some of the quotes here taken from Arsenal.com after the signing was announced said, it's super exciting for me personally. I'm so glad to join this amazing club. The club has such a big history and I hope we can achieve a lot of things just looking forward to meeting all the players and staff. It's going to be exciting. Um, he said, I think the family mentality that the team has on the pitch is one of the reasons why it's so hard to play against Arsenal. I guess they have it off the pitch as well. So the team mentality in the squad is very, very high, and you can feel that. Obviously, there's so many talented players, and there's big room to achieve big things as well. So he hasn't met up with the squad yet, Kai Havertz. He's got off on a bit of holiday at the moment. He was in Spain. He was at a wedding. I can't remember whose wedding it was, but he was there. Jorginho was there. Um, and uh, I think Arsenal went over and sort of met him while he's over there, and they did all these pictures, did the did the interviews and stuff like that. But Havertz is off on holiday now, and then he'll come back and he'll join in with preseason. He's been signed in time to go for the Europe uh, for the tour to Germany and then to the United States, which is fantastic. It's what Mikel Arteta wanted, and uh, hopefully, well, I mean, barring any major dramatic issues, Declan Rice will be as well, and then the attention will be turned to trying to get the Durian Timber deal over the line. And it's again, it's just swift 
ruthless almost transfer business by Arsenal at the start of the window. And that's exactly what you want to see. It served them so well last season. And fingers crossed it will do exactly the same again next season. Um, Jorginho has been speaking. He's been speaking to um, Simon Collins in uh, at the Evening Standard, an exclusive interview for the Standard, where Jorginho spoke about a lot of things, but he spoke about his future as well. Um, obviously, there's been lots of links with Jorginho this summer, most notably to Lazio and a potential return to Italy. But Jorginho shot those down in this interview he did with the Standard. So, to be honest, I was surprised but really happy by how welcome I was and how Arsenal treated me when I came in. It just made everything so much easier for me to know more people to integrate into the team. So I was really, really good and I was really, really happy. I'm very happy to stay at Arsenal, to be honest. Those rumours, I'm not sure who was behind it, to be honest, but nothing at the moment has happened to me. I'm quite happy where I am. Um, and I think that's great news. You know, for me, I think Jorginho has been really, really important. I think it's been an excellent addition. He came in, he proved a lot of people wrong, including me. I was pretty worried about it. I wasn't sure what to expect from him. Those doubts I had quickly disappeared and the way he ended the season showed, I think, that he's still got an awful lot to give. Yes, he's not going to be a first-team player next season. He's not going to be starting every game, but he doesn't need to be. He's going to come in when he needs to. He's going to provide real experience behind the scenes. He's going to be really important, I think, with Champions League football coming back to the Emirates, of course. And um, yeah, I'm delighted that he's staying. I think he's got a lot to give and I think he could be a really, really important squad player this summer. Okay, right. Let's uh, quickly go on to some of your questions, shall we, before we end today's show. Thanks, as always, for sending them in. If you're watching this on YouTube, you can do exactly that. Just leave a comment uh, below this video about anything. It doesn't have to be about transfers. Of course, I know transfer season is dominating everything at the moment, but anything else you want to talk about, please do fire in some questions and some comments, and I'll get through them uh, when I can. So let's start today, shall we, with Barry, who says, with all the talk, Last season, about the minute Saka was playing, why do you think we haven't prioritised a transfer for cover in that position? I I am a bit surprised, Barry. I thought that was certainly going to be a big priority. It's what I heard was going to be a priority this summer. I do wonder if Kai Havertz kind of has been brought in to kind of solve that issue, not necessarily him providing the cover for Saka himself. He can do that. It's certainly an option. But also, he could play as the number nine if needs be, the false nine, whatever you want to call it. And... um Gabriel Jesus could move over to the right-hand side and that could give Bukaya Saka a rest. We saw towards the end of last season, the last few games, we saw it more and more that um, Saka and Jesus were almost swapping positions and Jesus was playing a lot on the right-hand side. So I wouldn't be at all surprised if if Arsenal don't go out and bring in immediate cover, you know, real sort of like-for-like -like cover for Saka that the, the capture of Havertz has kind of solved that problem a little bit that Arsenal can use him there or just use him as a central striker and play Gabriel Jesus there. They've, of course, got Eddie Nketiah as well, who they could play as a striker and move Jesus over to the right. Reese Nelson, who, you know, unless something has changed that I don't know about, I still expect him to sign a new contract. He can also play on the right-hand side as well. So, yeah, I am a little bit surprised, Barry, but I do think the addition of Havertz does give Mikel Arteta at least one other option on the right-hand side. That will allow Saka to have a little bit of a break if and when he needs it. Thank you very much for your question, Barry. Let's move on to Peter now. He says, hey, do you have any news on Charlie Patino? I hope we keep him. I don't have any majorly new news on Charlie Patino, but the last I heard that nothing had changed and the situation was the same, which was 
everyone was still kind of looking for a new club for Patino. It's all very amicable. Arsenal are doing going to be doing their best to find a good move for Charlie. He's still quite keen to go out and you know move out on a permanent basis and get his career on track. I still expect that will happen. I can't imagine he's going to suddenly change his mind and Arsenal are going to change his their mind and he's going to stick around. I just don't see it, especially with the additions that we're seeing in midfield. So I think Charlie's future for now lies elsewhere, but Arsenal will protect themselves um, when it comes to moving him on, when they find him, the, what they believe and what he believes is the right club. I'm sure there will be clauses inserted into that contract, which will allow them, if they want, to have first refusal on signing him further down the right line. So some sort of first refusal clause or a matching rights clause in the contract. I think that's the idea. And I expect that's still what is going to happen. But thank you very much for your question, Peter. And uh, finally here from Ginny Wang says, Hi, Charles. Do you think we will add more sign-ins after Havertz, Rice and Timber? If party stays, I think we may have done our business. Do you think we now have the squad to compete both domestic competitions and Champions League? How would you rate this window? Um, thank you for, for your question, Ginny. I think... Um, I think certainly after the Timber deal, if that gets done pretty quickly after Rice is, is confirmed that um, Arsenal's focus will very much then move on to moving players out this window. I think they're going to have to, you know, if they get Timber in, that's basically £200 million plus spent on three players at the start of the window. They're going to have to then switch their focus a little bit onto moving at least a couple of players out. And we know the players who are most likely to leave potentially party if buyer can be found that suits all parties certainly following Balogun who I still think I'd be very surprised if he doesn't go Kieran Tierney's future still remains very much up in the air even if the Newcastle move seems to have gone a little bit quiet so I think that's what Arsenal's focus will be on but I wouldn't rule them out then dipping back into the market a little bit later on once they've moved a few players out once they know they've got a bit of money coming into the transfer kitty or to the to the revenue stream and then maybe they will go out and add another couple of positions, more probably squaddish type players, just to bolster things, give Mikel another couple of additions, a couple of options to use. So, yeah, I don't, I certainly wouldn't sit here now and think that it's done by any means, but I do think the focus will switch from incomings to outgoings once Rice and Timber are done. And then we might see them go back into um, looking at a potential couple of incomings a bit, little bit later on in the window. But look, if these three players come in, I think that's a fantastic window. It's a window of intent. It shows that Arsenal, you know, want to go up to the next level. They've gone in, they've gone head to head with big, big, massive clubs um, for these players and especially with Declan Rice and they've come out on top. And I think the intent that shows, the message that shows is huge. So it's been a really successful window so far, but there's still a long, long way to go. Thank you very much for your question. Okay, that is it for today's video, for today's podcast, whether you're watching this or listening to it, wherever you are around the world. Thank you very much for all the support, as always, and for tuning in. And yes, I'll be back tomorrow to discuss what has been going on in probably what will be another mad 24 hours in the life of Arsenal Football Club. Have a very good day, everyone. I will speak to you all soon.